Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the How to Save Our Planet podcast. I'm your host, Lottie Diel, and today I am sitting down with the founder of Thread Together, Andy Hallis. Now, this remarkable not-for-profit organization is dedicated to redistributing new clothing to those most in need. In this conversation, we chat all about Thread Together's impact over the last 10 years, also what's happening with the fashion industry and the amount that we're consuming, and you'll walk away with some fun facts, tips, and information and feel empowered, I hope, to make some changes in your own personal lives. So let's get into it. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, Andy. I'm so excited to chat to you all about Thread Together. Now you just, or not just turned 10 years old, you're over 10 years old now, but for our listeners who haven't heard of Thread Together before, how did you get started and why did you get started? Well, I was working in the fashion industry, in the industry, and all our manufacturing was done offshore. And so I had just returned from a trip to China and I just couldn't get the image out of my head of the factories and how much was being produced. It was just massive, you know, they were producing for a long time ago, so, you know, for the gap in the US and whatever. And I came home and was feeling quite uncomfortable with things. And then I saw that we had some towels and the blue and the white ran into each other. So it was a very small production issue, but you couldn't sell them. You couldn't sell them for $49.95. And what were you going to do with them? We actually had 3,000 of them. So I thought, well, maybe if I just go and drive around the corner to the Asylum Seeker Centre and see if they'd like them. So off I went. And when I was very warmly welcomed in there, and there were about 60 clients there, it was busy. You know, there were doctors helping with medical issues and lawyers helping with legal issues and not a doctor or a lawyer, but I knew that I had access to new clothing. And I suppose the light bulb moment was, well, there were a couple, but one of them was when I saw a young girl and her mother looking through an old box of clothes that was filled with well-meaning, you know, by well-meaning people who donated their old clothing that was really undignified. And the young girl couldn't, because there were old bras and old underpants and things in, in that box. And the young girl didn't find anything that was suitable and I just thought, oh, hi, you know, as a society, we can do better than this. So I literally got on the phone to a few of my colleagues in the industry and said, look, is there anything in the back of your warehouse that you think is new but you think would be good? So they said, yeah, sure. So pick those up, return back to the Asylum Seeker Centre. And that was probably the second light bulb moment where I could see, you know, we set it up, we had like just a, ra- a rack and we filled it up with all new clothes and all different sizes and, and colours and whatever. And just to see the joy on people's faces, you know, the fact that the clothes, you know, I, I don't think we realise how little support new arrivals to the country get. You know, they don't have Medicare and transport. Or I think 
now they may get a little bit of support with transport, but they really are. They usually arrive with nothing and, and they really need support to, to get going. But the joy on their faces as they were going through, you know, finding things that they would choose and the fact that they were new and they would fit. You know, one woman even said to me, it's the first time I feel like I'm not in fancy dress. Um, you know, and there are cultural dress that they want to abide by and then others want to just blend into the country and they don't want to wear a suit, they want to wear jeans and runners. And so that was probably the big, I thought, well, well, this makes sense because there are companies with too much and there are people with too little. So perhaps if we can be the conduit and we can say, okay, well, if you've got too much and you've got too little, how do we meet them together? So it's very much about collaboration and collaborate. You know, one and you've got all the social service agencies. Now we have over 1,200. And then on the other side, you've got a number of fashion retailers. So we certainly don't solve all the problems, not from an environmental perspective and definitely not from a social perspective, but we're definitely making an impact. No, I really like the way that you put it just then about kind of the people with too much or the organisations with too much and then the people with too little and connecting them together. But I think you're downplaying the actual impact that you've had and the size of the warehouse that you've got (laughs) and the number of, do you call them shops that are popping up? We call them hubs. Hubs. Yeah. So can you explain the hub concept to people? So in terms of, yes, the numbers are large, but still for me it's about the individual People, but there are a lot. So to date, we've clothed over seven hundred fifty thousand people. Um, you know, even last year we were able, we were donated one point four million units of brand new clothing, and that's just over a twelve month period. And we were able to distribute one point two million units. We can talk about that extra two hundred thousand later because that's interesting in itself. But the hub, so we now have 12 of them, and they're very much based on need. So we use something called the social atlas that allows us to work out where there is need. So it may be lower socioeconomic areas. It may be areas where there's large immigration influx. And the hubs, which I always like, Kat, our store manager, she talks to them and she says they're like shops without a cash register, which is exactly what they are. They're beautifully fitted out. They're, we have uh, stylists coming in to merchandise it and the clothes are brand new. And by appointment, agencies are able to access the service. So caseworkers come in, whether youth at risk or women from domestic violence or you know, it's a whole range of people. I think the big shift, though, that we're seeing is it's not just the homeless now, like the agencies. There's because of the cost of living, and I think it's actually a very old figure, but they say there's 13% living under the poverty line, which I suspect is probably greater now. So, yeah, they make an appointment and they come in. It's a beautiful environment. It's, you know, it's really lovely. It's calm. There's music in the background, and it's a change room, and it's a quiet space. And they might have a chat with their caseworker about other things that are going on in their life. And they're able to bring in their children if they have children. So, yeah, it's been a really fantastic day. We started with one. And as you would know, it, we're actually the space is actually donated by a property developer. 
um, usually, which is fantastic because that's just space sitting there. And so to be able to make use of that and have that corporate involvement, I think it's been key to the growth of the organisation as well. Well, I think it just comes back to all those partnerships, as you were saying before. You've got partnerships not only with the retailers, but it's also these not new spaces. It's giving them a lease on life and it's giving them access to these things that they wouldn't normally have. And I think it also, it's reimagining retail and what it looks like at the moment because we're going into potentially quite a difficult economic time, but how can we utilise these spaces to create place and community? And I think that's exactly what you're doing with Thread Together as well. And I also love the um, element that you have as well, which is your vans that are out on the road ready to go when a disaster hits or a need strikes. So would you like to explain a little bit about those? Yeah, I, I call them the Scooby Doo. You know? <laughs> they they're very on brand. They do the colours look very Scooby Doo. <laughs> they do, they do. So again, they're fitted out with old excess shop fittings. So we use a shop fitter who has excess shop fittings, and, and we fill out the vans. And then they have been used in recent times for natural disasters because it allows us to go into those communities with exactly what the communities need. You know, these people have lost everything through fire, through flood, and it's emergency relief. It's like they don't have a pair of shoes, they don't have bras, they don't have underpants, they don't have jumpers. And, again, it's really wonderful, the second-hand market, but actually in times of an active disaster, it's about efficiency. And I think thread together because we've already got those things boxed up already, you know, 12B bras, 200 of them, then we're able just to go into that hall and set up that hall and allow people to come in. The other thing, so now we have 10 vans. The other thing where the vans are really good is accessing rural areas and communities that, one, the people are not able to come to the hubs. But secondly, Often there's a lot of social support in the cities, but we forget about the rural areas and there's so much need in the rural areas as well. So I do, I really, I love the vans. I mean, talking to you, I wish they were hybrid or electric, or, but they're not at the moment, but they will be. It's, you know, I think we've got to, they will be. Uh-huh. You're building on it. Yeah, we're building on it. And it's all of these pilots and tests and you might, you do one van, you see if it works, and then there's more. And as you say, the initial purpose for them was for natural disasters and it was that quick response, which is really, ex- well, not exciting, but it's really great that you're equipped and able to respond yeah. to things like that. And as it's a little happen. scary, you know, like when we're planning for the next three years, we actually have put natural disasters in our plan because we know that there's going to be more natural disasters, um, which is, yeah, definitely more a recent thing. It is. It is a recent thing and it's smart to be preparing for it, but it's also devastating to have Mm. to be preparing for it. Mm. And as you say, the ones that get hit by these natural disasters are often the ones in the remote remote and regional areas with Mm. such little access Mm. and little support as well. So I would love to find out as well about kind of you said you've got these 1.4 million units that you distributed last year. Mm -hmm. How do brands find out about you? How are they giving you things? What's the the method like? What's the process? Is it just kind of like the end of winter they just 
clear off the shelves and then they send it all to you or is there any way to kind of predict and track what you're going to receive? Look, at the moment we're very much supply-driven. That is whatever they have excess of we will take, which is very like a logistical nightmare that luckily Anthony Chester looks after (laughs) and not me because you do have this, you know, like right now we're in winter you know, but our stock in the warehouse may be summer. So, you know, it is, and, and it, again, it's really important that we get what the people need. We don't want to give them what they don't need and they need to, you know, if you're dealing with the youth, then you're thinking, you know, they want more general pants or they want hoodies, they want PE Nation, you know, there's no point in giving them corporate suiting because that's not what they need. Um, so now we've got over a 1,000 fashion brands that are donating to us. Some are enormous and some are small. You know, the fashion industry recognises now, definitely in the last couple of years, particularly since the Ellen MacArthur report came out, you know, they understand the whole model is pretty broken. My personal belief is the industry is not going to go away. There will always be whether you want to call it a fashion industry, a clothing industry, a textile industry, I think the complexity of it is there's just so many stakeholders to make the change. You know, like you've got the designers, the manufacturers, the consumers, uh, and it's a matter of getting everybody to do their bit. You know, consumers, yep, you've got to buy less. The manufacturing, you know, we've got to just stop overproducing but that means probably not produce offshore because the model there is the more you buy, the lower the cost. So, of course, they're going to buy more, you know, they're encouraged to buy more. So there's so many things and I, I suppose, you know, I often say my greatest hope is that we didn't have to exist, you know, that there wouldn't be excess stock. But I think that change is it's going to happen for sure but it's going to be a slow burn. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I think it, it's really difficult. It's predicting anything. They're, these, I don't know, the forecasters, they're kind of saying, we think that mustard coats are going to be in this season and we think that the size 14 to 16 are going to buy most of them. So it's like a guessing game. And, yes, you can use a certain level of data that they've got and analytics from previous seasons, but no one's ever going to get it exactly right. And brands at the end of the day are businesses and they want to have lots of stock to sell lots, to make lots of money. So they're going to err on that side rather than sellouts because in terms of them, a sellout for them is kind of a lost opportunity, not kind of saying, yes, we nailed it on the head this time. I'd love to know, you alluded to it earlier, 
about what you're doing with these extra 200,000 units. Now, I know that a lot of them are suits. Yes. So what are you doing with all I, of them? We like to call it the excess of the excess, <laughs> which is what it is. You know, and the, the one rule we have, it is not going into landfill. We're just absolutely not. Because as you would know, if something is made, just keep it on the planet for as long as we can, just reusing it, doing whatever with it. So suits was a big one. So one of the things we did was collaborate with designers like, um, um, oh, her name's just lost my mind, oh, Bianca Spender, and amazing Bianca Spender. So uh, she actually approached us and we said, well, we've got all these suits. So she reimagined them to put into her range. We learned from that because she needs a hundred of one star whereas in one size or whatever it is, whereas we may have five or four or that was a great learning experience. So I think, you know, we've got these perfectly good suits and then for Australian Fashion Week we actually got ten designers to reimagine them and redesign them. And we worked with the fashion schools to redesign them. So we're just keeping them on the planet in the way you know we investigated a few things like making blankets out of them but as you would know it's a complex chain and the fiber that's used in the suits is not necessary is better than perhaps what you want to make a blanket out of so we don't want to use it for the blanket and so it's been a real absolute journey and then the other thing that we have done because we when we began, we always said, right, we're never sending anything overseas because we're not adding to their problems because they've got enough problems and we don't want to, which I think War on Waste really highlighted, like don't send your stuff off and make it somebody else's problem. Saying that we did find an organisation that really works with, similar to what we do and they actually needed suits. So we did send some overseas and, again, it's not perfect because, of course, you're using resources to get that product over there. So nothing's perfect, but we, we keep on trialling new things. You know, some of them we gave, we had some um, new arrivals and they're trying to start their own business and um, get employment and, you know, selling at the markets and whatever, and they needed some fabrics. So they're actually making some bags out of the fab- out of the suit. So... We're getting there. <laughs> and that's just one small thing here. One small challenge that I'm sure you're dealing with lots of different challenges. But I think it's not perfect, but it's better. And that's my thing as well at the moment is good enough. Like it's better than doing nothing about it. It's better than it going to landfill. It's not the perfect solution, but it's a better solution because I think if we get caught up on chasing the perfect solution all of the time, we won't do anything and nothing will happen. And it's just about taking those small steps and thread together whilst you've had a massive impact is also just a tiny piece of the, cha- the chain and the puzzle and it needs all of those different collaborative partners to kind of come in and play play the game as yeah. well and solve the problem. So I'd love to kind of find out what's happening next. I know mm-hmm. there's always something happening and is there something that you can allude to or tell us that's happening yeah. in the background? Or well, there are a secret? few really exciting things that have happened. Well, one is we've put um, modular wardrobes in 100 women's shelters which is fantastic, um, and they've got the basics, the bras, the underpants, the sleepwear. So when they arrive, they have something. Like I say, often escape a, a violent situation, traumatised and in the middle of the night. 
So I'm very proud of that initiative, which was not my idea, which came internally. I'm also pretty excited about we're working with Tommy Hilfiger with some of the excess product and they're making it inclusive for people who have disabilities, uh, which I think is a really interesting project to see where where that goes. Um, we're running a project with Cotton Australia about we've got a lot of shirts bulk and it's about putting the cotton back into the soil and seeing how that goes. Um, working very closely with the Australian Fashion Council in terms of, you know, they've just developed this thing called Seamless where they're trying to make companies accountable for the product that they bring into the country and there'll be a product stewardship program. So there's lots of, really lots of interesting interesting work happening and I, I don't know where it will. I don't really know yet where it will go, but it's probably a bit like you, you know, <laughs> trial and error. Exactly. <laughs> I always like to describe it as kind of like water going down a mud flat, like it just kind of spills and it goes <laughs> off somewhere and then you're going, okay, we're down this path now and this is what's happening. On Seamless, the product stewardship scheme for the textile industry. So it just came out in the last couple of weeks, if people haven't heard about it, and it's a voluntary scheme, which is, I think that will internally, and I've seen a lot of different discussion about the fact that it is voluntary and that we're kind of seeing the big players participate in it, but not all of the big players, and it's not that inclusive for the small players as well. So there are definitely some flaws, but what are your hopes to see come out of this scheme? I think, well, yeah, as you know, I think there were only six founding members. I think it was six. I think they went out, they approached a lot more, but there were only six and quite like what they said. They said, you know, you need to be on the right side of history, which I really believe. Look, I I mean, I know probably like like you know, and again, I think they're the same. They're exploring issues. I mean, I know the Minister for the Environment and Water, Tony Klebersek, really said, I'm giving you 12 months as an industry to take this on, and if you don't take it on, it will be made, it will be mandatory. And perhaps that's the only way to go and it will be four cents for every unit that's brought into the country. I think it's a step forward to making companies responsible for their own waste. I think it's a step in, in the right direction. I just, it'll be interesting. To, I mean, I've got no doubt that we're going to start producing less. I really, really firmly you, I think you've also got to remember in the textile industry, they were a bit later to the party, you know, like there was talk about, you know, coal and plastics and food and but I think the textile industry, for whatever reason, and I don't think it was that people were bearing it, I think it was almost too big. People didn't couldn't wrap their head around it. And it was really only when those big figures, like, you know, 2.1 billion of greenhouse gases, you know, the industry, that's what it's responsible for, which is bigger than the maritime and air force, and that suddenly people went, oh, this is really a massive, you know. I know fashion, the word fashion sort of sounds superficial or not to be taken seriously, but it's it should be taken very seriously, very, very seriously. No, I think you're right. I think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. Mm. And I would love 
like I agree. I think that it should be voluntary, but I also don't think that we're ready for it to be voluntary just yet. Mm. So I think it'll be really interesting to see what happens with these six brands and I really look forward to seeing their approach to it mm. and hopefully being those role models for other brands to kind of go, yes, we can do this yeah. and we can take a step because I think we're seeing product stewardship being rolled out across a lot of other industries, but this is the first one that's really kind of hit home with individuals going, this is something that I consume very, very regularly. And Australians love fashion. Mm. We consume more of it than the second largest. Second largest, yes. Which is ridiculous because like we love rubber thongs and shorts and going to the beach. So I don't I think we wear less clothes. We seem to consume the most or second most Mm. out of any brand uh, any country. So yes, we'll see. See what happens. I think fast fashion really is a massive problem and it's just unnecessary. I mean, I know that, and you know, I know. I mean, I'm a big believer in that. You need to make things to see change. It needs to to be made easy for people, and not like teach a student in a sense. But I just don't understand the model or why, you know, how it can be allowed. <laughs> like, I really don't. No, when you kind of see behind the scenes and you hear about the weekly drops at some of the big fast fashion labels, you're going, how can you be producing this much? How does it physically happen? It's just, it's ridiculous. And you saw it firsthand, which is what led you to starting Thread Together. And Mm. you're just now taking such great action with the excess, but Mm. you're touching, was it a thousand brands that are now donating? Yeah. And imagine all of the other brands. So it'd be great. Yes, you probably don't need that much more supply right now, but no, we still. Well, we I mean, still yeah. do. Look, for the, and that's where it's hard because you know. So I always thought I don't want to exist. You know, the best thing is thread together. Didn't have to exist because there would be no excess. But then there's the social aspect, and how I've seen how important it is to just have to treat people with dignity, to be respectful. We are a very wealthy country, but it's there are so many people doing it so tough and they do need support. They need it in terms of food, they need it in terms of shelter, they need it in terms of clothing. And so on that side, so okay, well, what do we do? So that's once again rethinking, do you get into the second-hand market somehow, which there's so much of, you know, and do you make sure that it's of a quality and presented in a way that is respectful? Perhaps. 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 <laughs> so many perhaps. There's so many different ideas bubbling around in oh. your head, I'm sure. Well, thank you so much for coming Thanks, on the episode. Sophie. I just have one final question for yes. you. And I ask every guest this, and it is what can our guests, or sorry, what can our listeners do tomorrow to help save our planet? Just one thing. Get one of your fabulous compost <laughs> compost bins. <laughs> so good, they're just so good, and they look nice. They do. They make composting look nice and composting sexy. That um, was my but thing. if I'm to talk about fashion, is just don't buy fast fashion. It's not necessary. Yeah, use what you've already got at home, and do your research before purchasing new. Mm. Great. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Hold up. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 